0: Hi, I'm David Green, and you're listening to the Digital HR Leaders podcast. This week's episode is sponsored by Visia. In this episode, we dive into the impressive story of the growth of the people analytics function at Novartis, a journey that began with a vision four and a half years ago to transform Novartis into a data-driven people and organization function. Ashish Pant, Global Head of People Analytics and Data, took on the challenge to establish the function. In our conversation, Ashish outlines the three-step approach he developed to build the flourishing people analytics capabilities Novartis has today. But this is more than just a conversation about people data and analytics. It is also a narrative of transformation and adaptation. In April 2022, Novartis embarked on a significant transformation into a focused medicines company. And as Ashish supported the organization through these monumental changes, the role of the People Analytics team proved pivotal. Today, we'll explore how People Analytics helped support the transformation, the key metrics and KPIs that guided the way, and how these challenges impacted the very structure and operation of his team. So please join me as I welcome Ashish Pan to the show. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Ashish Pant, Global Head of People Analytics and Data at Novartis, to the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. Ashish, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. We've known each other for for a few years now, and and you kindly contributed a case study to to excellence in people analytics when we published that in 2021. So so thank you first of all. And then, can you give a brief introduction to, to you and your journey at Novartis in establishing the people analytics team? Thank you, David. Glad to be here.
1: I lead the people analytics and data function at Novartis. In the role for about four and a half years, and have had a very, very exciting and learning journey. You know, during the course of these four years, of course, we've been collaborating closely with with Insight Two 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 during that period uh, as well, which has been which has been fabulous. I have had a, a varied career, but almost all of it in HR, right, ranging from uh, business partnering to talent management, talent acquisition, HR strategy, and so on and so forth. And I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful culmination in, in, in a sense that, you know, I can bring in the experience from all of those uh, disciplines within HR and merge it with the passion that I have for, uh, you know, first principles, thinking, numbers, data in my current role. I'm an engineer by by first degree. So again, you know, I've, I've been close to this field as well. Uh, and it's it's just a beautiful uh, combination for me uh, where I am at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's, it's great. It's nice, com- as you said, a nice combination, the HR experience and background across a variety of different practices in HR, including business partnering, which which we know is, is so important working together with people analytics to get business value out, out of people analytics, but also the engineering background as well, and then the passion for, for data and analytics it's a nice combination ashish and and it's impressive you know obviously we've been you know we've are lucky to have been privy at insight 222 and obviously talked about the book where you shared uh, the early part i guess or the first two years of the journey there you know it's certainly impressive how you've you know you've built the people analytics um, function at novartis so that's four and a half years now isn't it could you walk us through maybe some of the the key highlights or, or milestones um, during this journey sure right in 2019, we we got a mandate from uh,
1: from our CEO Vasnarasimhan to become uh, a more data and digitally enabled PNO function. We call HR PNO people and organization. Uh, you know at Novartis, the reference that the organization had for uh, for people analytics was was a, a bit of people reporting, fundamentally, and uh, there was. Uh, a small team of uh, four individuals who were supporting uh, some global initiatives that needed needed this information but beyond that the the access the thought process around how to do proper analytics how to uh, potentially even think about advanced analytics was uh, was at a very nascent stage at that point in time i would say i i like to call the duration the early early years the first 18 months more of startup Right? So we, we were very, very focused on uh, identifying a few critical business problems and showing what impact people analytics could make, right. And uh, the idea was not to go across the organization, you know, cover everyone, but just go really focused and, and show, uh, show value. right? And we picked up a few use cases and uh, delivered some solutions, some products on those. Uh, as, as you know, uh, Novartis prides itself for, uh, for being one of the most focused organizations towards organization culture. So we helped build some solutions in that space. We are really, really focused on enabling learning for our, uh, for, for our masses uh, at Novartis. Uh, and how learning was enabling better business value was a question that landed on our table and uh we work closely with our learning function and uh and ensured that learning had a major impact on how engagement of the organization was going up and how voluntary attrition was uh, was trending down so these are some of the early examples where we we showed you know uh, the organization how people analytics is uh is really fundamental and and should be key and central to the business strategy and that kind of got us out of the door and uh we were of course very very closely supported and 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 sponsored by uh you know the the PNO leadership all along which uh, i think is equally critical for us to be able to make an impact right so i think it was a it was a confluence of uh, of factors uh, that kind of helped us uh go through that very intense but very rewarding phase you know uh, which which i like to call startup and then i would say 18 months into the journey uh, we started to feel that you know we need to now scale up these solutions uh, also expand the reach and one of the key elements for us to to do things at scale uh, in people analytics is uh, availability of high quality clean uh, well categorized data at scale right it was at that time that the the responsibility to start thinking about people data in a more structured way and how it could add business value also got connected to my role. So phase two, we spent a lot of time in creating the enablers for the scale-up. So putting together a strong governance uh, and compliance team around people data, uh, working very, very closely with our our digital p organization, not just in terms of, you know, we, we would like to collect information and data off of your systems, but really integrating with them, uh, and working together on a lot of strategic decisions. As for example, we are uh, in the process of a. Uh, we are very close to a workday rollout at this point in time uh, with the Novartis, and my 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 colleague uh, who leads the workday implementation and I, we work we've been working hand in hand for the last three, almost three plus years to ensure uh, you know uh, it's not just about an implementation of system uh, that runs certain processes, but then we are also able to extract the right information the right data the right reports out of it and also ensure that that the data that is there is at, is is of high quality and and is is well managed and this enabled us to then you know start building a few solutions at scale and uh, as as we go live with workday uh, next year some of these will get deployed in terms of uh, high quality dashboards high quality reports for uh, for for use by business partners, uh, piano leaders, uh, all the different population sets that we have you know within the piano organization. The third phase uh, which we are on now, I would say, is uh, what I, would, I like to call maturity. And I think the, the key pivot we have uh, we have made in this phase is uh, we have started to to get closer and closer to our uh, different businesses uh, within no artist the the whole idea the whole approach was uh, in in phase one let's let's show impact in phase two let's try to build infrastructure and you know capability to to deliver things at scale and also where needed you know uh, go custom because uh, Novartis as an organization is a is a is a very 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 diverse place right uh, the needs of uh, our research organization are fundamentally very different from the needs of our uh, you know production organization or uh, or our commercial organization right so we we clearly see the need for uh, for for that nuance to be brought in into how we do our jobs uh, but but we needed some time to to build up to that and i think we are there now and in this recent phase we have now embedded what we we call people insight partner roles in each of these businesses within the, within their pno organizations who work very very closely with with us in the central coe where we hold uh, a lot of the people analytics capabilities and this network together you know is uh, is adding value where we get proximity and better articulation of uh, what the business needs uh, are on on the one side and then depending on the nature of the of the question that we are looking to address uh, we can bring in the right expertise from the coe to to address that so i think this and, and this phase, I think, is still relatively new. We are still maturing in this phase. Uh, I would say we've spent about uh, eight odd months uh, doing this in a very systematic, deliberate manner. More to be done in, in in the coming months and years.
0: And thanks, Ashish, for sort of going through in, in, in some detail there, you know, the three phases. You know, so as you said, phase one was all about impact, you know, really focusing on specific business cases, and I know at Novartis, you very much tied um, and certainly this is probably good guidance for anyone out there that's looking to do something similar. You know, you tied the people analytics strategy very close with the people strategy, which was very closely aligned with the business strategy. And I think all those three things need to be working in SIG. By, by, by creating that impact, by focusing on business priorities, you created momentum, interest, I guess, from the business and and, and other areas of, of p and O P and o leadership as well which gave you, I guess, the, the the width then to, okay, well, how can we do this on a more consistent basis at scale? Hence why you then invested in the infrastructure, particularly in, in phase two, and obviously hone that capability. I know we're gonna talk later about uh, the behavioral science muscle that you've kind of built into uh, into the people analytics team there as well. And now you're really thinking, okay, well, how can we be even more closely aligned with the business from a maturity piece? So you've got people and insight partners that are facing directly off to different businesses within Novartis. And as you said, recognizing that the needs of your R and D business are going to be very different from the needs of your commercial business. And, you know, and I I appreciate that, that, that people insight partner role has only recently been embedded and obviously you're you're probably starting to see some early signs of success that one, one question before we start to talk specifically about the business transformation that I know Novartis has, has been going through, you know, what are the early sort of signs that you're getting from having that people insight partner enroll in role, and how's that impacting the the work uh, of the team? So I think a couple of reflections
1: maybe here. Uh, the, the, the first one is uh, that in in a complex organization of the scale of Novartis, you know, even though we are very diverse in terms of our needs, we are also very similar. Right. I think that's that's one realization because I, I'm I'm corralling this community of uh, of practice now where these insights partners join us, you know, on a on a monthly basis, and we've started to exchange use cases, and what are the priorities that each one of us is working on, and you see there's there's just tons of translation that you can do across, right? So. Clearly, we were leaving value on the table earlier, right? So we, now we are trying to, to be even more focused, more networked, and, uh, you know, uh, boring stuff with pride, right? We don't need to start from scratch on on a multitude of use cases that we're working on. You know, our colleagues in a different function would have probably already traveled, you know, 80% of the journey, right, sometimes. So I think that's that's one thing that's coming up very clearly. Second thing, which I would say is an early, early realization slash success is... I, I would say, and this is, this is more more for me when when I was doing my my, my discussions uh, about talent landscape within uh, people analytics at Novartis. And of course we are a na- we are a nascent function in the piano space, whichever company we might talk about, right? And therefore, the talent pool is always kind of a little bit limited, right? And career pathing is kind of not very clear, right? With having gone through this evolution, on the journey and then looking at who we have hired into these roles, I now start to see uh, you know, a much clearer path, a much clearer view of not just the variety of capabilities, uh, but also, you know, how, how career ladders could potentially look like, right? For somebody who's been an expert within the COE focusing on employee listening or just data science, right? How they, through this network and getting exposure on the other side of the house, could eventually translate you know could make the jump into an inside partner role and vice versa where you know the inside partners might not be deep into a certain expertise but they're they're front ended with the business and they they uh, they understand what's the requirement on that side and through through a structured active you know uh, developmental path they could move into roles within the COE and i think that's that's very healthy for uh, for us at tomatoes and i think this is how the the practice is also going to evolve in the future I would say those, those are the two early wins and
0: we are, we are, we are looking for more, you know, and we'll, we'll share uh, in due course. This podcast episode is brought to you by Vizia, the people analytics platform for successful HR teams. Close the gap between your HR productivity and business performance. Unlock workforce answers and empower your managers with insights to lead. Easier, faster, on demand and at scale. Learn more at visier.com. That's V-I-S-I-E-R dot com. Obviously, the work that you did in the first sort of three, three and a half years set you up well for, you know, major piece of work that you did last year within People Analytics to support, Quite significant business transformation that Novartis has, has recently undergone. You know, for those that, that maybe aren't aware, you know, what are the what are the key elements of of the business transformation itself, and and maybe more importantly, for in the context of of listeners, what 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 is the the role being of of the People Analytics function in in supporting the transformation?
1: Let me take maybe just a minute to talk about about the transformation itself. So, Novartis has been on a multi-year journey of moving from being a a pharmaceutical conglomerate to uh, becoming a really focused medicines company, right? So, we used to have a, a vaccines business, and animal health business, a consumer health business, an eye care business, and over the course of the last decade, we have uh, either sold off or spun off some of these businesses, right? Very recently, uh, in fact, not recently, but imminently, we're also going to spin off our generics business, right, uh, which is Sandoz. So this is this is one train of thought that uh, you know Novartis has been on from a strategic perspective. The other one has been about becoming really, really focused and efficient in how we deliver impact to our patients. Right. So these two elements kind of came together in the transformation that uh, that that that's been happening at Novartis over the last, I would say, 18 odd months now. It was announced on early April last year, and. The, the fundamental focus was on optimizing the, uh, the resources in, in some of our commercial divisions, which had synergy amongst themselves. At the same time, also aligning some of the key global functions into an aligned structure, right? So, for example, the whole of the finance organization was kind of brought under one umbrella. The whole of the p organization was brought under one umbrella, right? Earlier, some of these resources were embedded in, in specific businesses. And what it meant for Novartis was that prima facie there were about 30,000 associates who would be directly or indirectly impacted, right? So it doesn't mean people w- were going to lose their jobs, but it meant that somehow their, their association with the organization would, uh, would shift or would become different than, than what, uh, what was existing, right? And as you can very well imagine, a lot of these transformations are first strategic concepts then they are you know commitments from the senior leadership and and, and a lot of it happens you know under the uh, rightfully under the uh, rules of confidentiality but then at a specific moment there's an announcement and then there is a huge machine that's put in place to execute on that announcement right and we were uh, involved very very closely from the very beginning once the execution phase started the two areas in which uh, I think we we really really drilled down and focused was number one, helping establish a, a clean, clear baseline for for the part of the population that is in scope of of this transformation. It might sound like a very simple, straightforward activity, but translating that that strategic executive thought into what would it really mean. For an Ashish or a David, whether you know, given their roles, given uh, their their position in the organization, are they going to be in or out? Right, is 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 an activity that takes takes effort, and I don't think we we should take all claim for doing this well. We had an important role to play, but we were working very closely with the change office that was set up. But it was kind of a very very close partnership, where uh, a multifunctional team, uh, including people analytics and reporting experts worked night and day to articulate who would be in, who would be out. Again, the pace is important in these things because you want to do it in a way that there is, you, you minimize the anxiety in the system, right? And and more information available early helps, right? So uh, it was an in- intense period for, for our team. Uh, but I think this, this, this really, really helped build that, that comfort and and credibility for the function as well, you know that uh, we could partner and we could support and help in a in a major transformation from from this perspective. And once the scope was in, uh, we worked very closely with uh, the change office to to continue to provide metrics on how the transformation is getting executed. and And this this is a rolling activity. This takes it takes months sometimes. And I think in our case, given the the nature of the of the transformation it was of almost a one-year pro- program where people analytics team was continually helping and working closely with the change office with our PNO services team to help validate uh, whether whether ch- the changes have been made correctly in the system right of course a lot of what happens in in transformations like these is is manual entry into systems because of course there are a lot of decision rules but when folks are involved uh, and you want to be respectful to them and give them the right message there is a lot of double checking and triple checking that happens and p services does that uh, in most organizations but again when we look at the data from an analytics perspective we do a lot of sanity checks to say okay is everything good are are there things which could have been done better and so on and so forth so a lot of those validations were done by the people analytics team and and this activity still continues because we are we are now we're consolidating those line items and and sharing metrics with uh, our senior leadership even till late just to show are we tracking as as we uh, we had agreed at an organizational level? So this is this was one big work stream where where we played a fundamental role. The second big contribution uh, we made was around helping the organization understand how the change was landing as we were going through the change. And our employee listening team played a very critical role here. We, again, were were fortunate that we we connected very early to the change office. There was a cross-functional team of folks from from our organization development change team, from our uh, global communications team and people analytics that was put together to think about how do we best help the organization during this time. Of course, leaders want to know the pulse of the, the pulse of the organization during times like these right and there is always hunger for more more of that pulse rather than less of that pulse uh, in in situations like these we, we took a very conscious call in in this group to say less is more and we actually stopped all of our employee listening activities except for the one engagement pulse that we do because in early phases of such a change, uh, the likelihood of the sentiment going in a direction different than uh, than down is uh, is is remote, right? And also, if you if you bombard the organization with multiple surveys at this point in time, you also create a lot more pressure and a lot more anxiety for leaders and managers to then follow through which uh, they would do during the normal course. But right now, you know, uh, we, we wanted to give them the space and the time to, uh, to really focus on a few things, give them one clear signal of how the sentiment is, and, and basically just double down on on a few things that we thought were very, were very, very important. And I, and I think this, this was crucial uh, for us to be able to add value and, and create meaning and, and, and insight for the leaders, uh, rather than give them three or four different uh, sentiment, uh, sets, and then create create more cognitive uh, load for them at at this stage. This was the initial phase. Of course, uh, in in the early days of the transformation, we also worked very closely with our comms team, whose key focus was on ensuring whether all the information and messages that our leader and Novartis as an organization is sharing with associates is landing well, is landing clearly, and we also kind of cross referenced it with. Some of the sentiment that we were collecting to see is there are there real oddities between these two or not? Uh, we didn't find many, which I think was uh, was was very very comforting that we were kind of in sync and and doing it well. But I think this this was this was a check that we continue to do for the first four or five months of of, of of this journey. The the text data that we collect from uh, from our surveys was again very very critical. We receive on an average. Thirty to forty thousand comments, and our our employee listening team and the data science team uh, kind of started to parse these comments to figure out what would be useful for uh, for setting a baseline for the sentiment, right? That that we have, we we did some keyword focused searches around uh, words which are closely related to transformation, right? And how it was being positioned uh, within within Novartis, and we shared this sentiment data on a, on a regular cadence with the change leads that were set up in different countries, right Just to give them a sense of where probably to focus their guns. It wasn't to say you know this is the the be-all end all, but it was more like you know an additional piece of diagnostic that they could have in their toolkit as they start having conversation within within different sections of uh, of their businesses or specific countries. I think it was it was much appreciated. And then, once we kind of got through the initial waves of involuntary attrition in the organization, right, which these transformations bring in, we also started to to connect voluntary attrition data to these sentiment scores. And I believe we continued doing this till mid-Q2 this year. So now I think the tail of the transformation is is left, but we've gone through the, the chunk. And again, this was... This was an augmentation we did at the opportune moment for the transformation to see, okay, do we see a relation between, between the sentiment in a certain part of the organization that has gone through that massive transformation and voluntary attrition that's happening there? Because it's not just about, you know, uh, doing right by the levers, but it's also equally important to, to provide the right environment, the right messaging for talent that, that stays on with the organization. And I think this this was again much appreciated by the change leads and and the HRBPs uh, with whom we share it. So, around middle of this year, we've kind of put most of the activities that we were doing on a cadence to to uh, to a pause, and now we are doing episodic work in, in this space, you know, where there is a need. So I think that's that's that was a long answer, but I think that's that's where we have been focusing our effort and our and our energy to support the organization with uh, with the transformation.
0: No, again, really good because I I know our listeners like to get the detail because a lot of them are, people analytics professionals, HR professionals themselves that maybe either get doing this in their organizations currently or or, or maybe looking to do um, similar things in their organizations. So, you know, and I think it's it's interesting as you went through the kind of the two main areas where your team was supporting the transformation. You know, very much, you know, you are helping generate understanding from. organization itself and giving that to leaders but also then helping leaders understand how their communications for example were were landing with associates in in novartis as well So, so so quite interesting you gave some examples i think of the the types of analysis that you were doing particularly around looking at comments in text and then starting to to look at how some of that sentiment was tying with with voluntary um, attrition as well, just to kind of give signals. So really interesting stuff. Actually, I mean, uh, be interesting. You know, in terms of measuring the success, maybe of of the transformation, what were some of the the key metrics and and key performance indicators that that your team were focused on? I'll again answer this in two parts. Right. So
1: for for the first big activity that that I talked about, right, I think around helping the organization build a clean baseline, uh, being able to share. Information around the the hard progress of the uh, of the execution, you know, in a clear, transparent way. The metrics are very clear: accuracy, timeliness, and availability of information. Right, because there's there's a lot of pressure and heat in these uh, in these uh, moments, uh, you know, especially in in the early days. On the second one, where we were helping the organization under, understand the sentiment better and helping leaders understand uh, and and change agents on the ground understand what they could do i think the key performance indicator here was 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 the anecdotal feedback we got from the change community this is more of a soft thing right you 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 are reading some information sitting in you know in a survey but you never have the context that somebody who has boots on the ground does right so you're always making an making an educated assumption Unless you go deep and you you know you say okay if I want to focus on this country or this department or this function within this country, for that we had the change leads. So what we did was on the basis of the, the the collective feedback we received from them, we kind of created a package of metrics and insights which would be helpful. And I think I already mentioned some of those in in you know in in the in the earlier question, but equally we we said very, very clearly, we said, we will put some commentary around what could be the possible reasons for, you know, uh, what you see here, right, rather than being prescriptive. And I think that was really very, very appreciated by by the change community, because it kind of gave them a starting point if they did not have one. Uh, but on the other hand, it also did not, you know, straitjacket or box our analysis in a way that they could not, position it in a in a flexible way with uh, with the business or if they saw something completely different on the ground you know we had situations like those as well so i think input and and feedback from that community was was very very uh, was was probably how how we played the second part also the addition of the voluntary attrition uh, element was was one of the inputs one of the feedbacks that came in in one of these change agent calls where one of our talent transformation leads said, "Hey, great, but now I see this on the ground, right? How could you guys help me?" And that triggered us to to then say, "Okay, let's build another layer into the uh, you know into the solution that we have." So it was really, uh, really those things, and we we got really into a collaborative, uh, let's roll up, roll up our sleeves, and continue to evolve this product kind of mode.
0: That yeah, makes a lot of sense. You know that close communication with that that sort of multi. Multifunctional team that you talked about, that collaboration across different areas, as you said, and as you said, that kind of continue made you hone the work and the insights and the research that you were doing as 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 the transformation kind of progressed makes a makes a lot of sense. I wonder, Ashish, you know, how much did these change? You know, this change, the transformation, and and the work that the team were doing. how, How much did it impact the way that you've that you've structured your team and and how it operates now? I mean, you talked a little bit about the people insight roles um, at the start of our conversation. How is the team structured now and what impact perhaps did the objectives of the transformation have on that? So I would say we, the, the
1: transformation had a positive fillip for uh, for the people analytics uh, and, and data team overall. The addition of the people insights partner into our broader community, right? This was uh, one of the proposals that we floated as part of this transformation. Right and and kind of, it was an accretive. It was a build to to the people analytics practice overall within Novartis. That's the other reason why I said you know this piece is still maturing and we're kind of eight months into the journey because we worked through the design last year and now we are you know kind of, in the early early steps of execution. So I think this this was really really good uh, and I uh, firmly believe it's going to add tremendous value mid to long term. They were not structural changes, but I think the ways of working for the team for the people analytics team changed during you know times of this transformation right so in general you have a a very well balanced cadence of of activity that a people analytics function you know kind of puts out right there was a very heavy load on a couple of areas that I just mentioned employee listening and uh, reporting and visualization right what we saw very clearly was uh, with massive amounts of change happening in the organization a lot of the more targeted focused deeper people analytics programs and projects were kind of put on hold for a bit for like a quarter or two right and that started to create a bit of a lull for the data science team at the same time and uh this was this was a very very challenging you know dynamic to manage right we 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 have very talented folks in in this team who would like to continue to add value grow and so on and so forth couple of things which we tried and again we are no experts here so always keen to listen and learn more from the community as well. A couple of things which I think helped us to to a good degree was uh A helping this this team work on topics that are allied to the to the transformation. So some of the the work around NLP that I talked about and, and you know, in helping set up a baseline for the sentiment so on and so forth. I think it, it helped that they could get involved. The second area where we where we utilized uh, data science capability was in also helping our reporting team clean up, automate the massive amounts of data that they were they were processing, right? And it was not as if it was getting pulled out of systems. you know it, it was a lot of it is uh, was, was residing in a different change management system and so on and so forth. So bringing in a couple of data scientists who could help clean up, automate this process, probably build some sanity data science checks into you know looking at the uh, data sets in a more robust way and bring efficiency into how the reporting team was was working was was very helpful and thirdly we we also uh, encouraged quite a lot of them to continue investing time in their own learning during this space combination of these three helped i'm i'm sure there are other other ideas uh, uh, it's not a unique situation that just we have faced i'm sure a lot of our colleagues would also have faced it. So I'm curious to learn more as well, you know, uh, uh, as a, as a follow up on, on, uh, on on this one.
0: So the listeners, there's an open invitation there. If you've, you know, if you're a people, honestly, leader or part of a team that's, um, you know thinking about how you your team supported certain business challenges that you're solving around data science that you know continue looking at, at upskilling your your data science team or any of your people analytics professionals there's an open invitation there from, from ashish to get in contact with him which i presume Ashish will be probably best via linkedin and we'll put your details obviously in the show notes we hope you're enjoying this episode of the digital hr leaders podcast if you are looking to continue your learning journey, head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the My HR Future Academy. It is a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you will see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys Guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gap, deepen your knowledge, and press play on your career. It's interesting you've talked about two areas. So, at Insight Two Two Two, you know we've we've got, we do an annual research on the people analytics field and. Um, back in 2020, we we, we we presented an operating model um, which had about 14 different roles in it. And then last year in, in 2022, you know, one of the focus areas of the research was to understand the, the key roles within a people analytics team um, that enabled those people analytics teams to deliver value on a consistent ba- basis over a long period of time. And interestingly, the three Roles that we identified as being particularly important in that that these companies were investing in both from a hiring and development and a retention perspective were the consulting roles of the people and insight partners that you mentioned, uh, actually data scientists and behavioral scientists. And I know um, that you have successfully integrated behavioral science into your team at Novartis. Um, maybe could, could you explain how having this capability helps generally, I think? Because uh, again, talking to some of the work that you mentioned at the start around uh, supporting uh, Novartis's organizational culture, but also maybe how that behavioral science um, muscle, as it were, would help you during, you know, to, to cope with maybe some of the requests that you received during the transformation as well.
1: Disclaimer there, I, I would say we are still early in the journey on exploring how uh, behavior science really truly gets embedded into, uh, into the fabric of people analytics at Novartis. We see some very, very good early signs, uh, and I'm very happy to talk about that, but equally open invitation from my side to, to the community to, to have a, have a deeper discussion on, uh, you know, what you guys are seeing and, and, and learning in, in this space. So, uh, I don't, I don't claim to be any expert, but happy to share my experience, you know, on this one. You're, you're being very modest, Ashish, <laughs> which is great, which is great. But that's, that's how we all learn and grow, right? And it's, it's a, it's a great community here, so, uh. So I, I I would like to tap into the into the bigger uh, into the bigger brain of the of the collective as well, but again uh, to 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 share uh, how we we think about behavior science and and uh, how we think it's it's it can add value. Uh, there are there are three spaces within the whole behavior science area where I uh, I truly believe there's there's tremendous opportunity. The first one is what I call. Uh, behavioral psychological constructs right this is the the frame on which almost every survey every instrument that we design uh, and use in, in people analytics uh, is is anchored upon I think as a, as a community we we all can do better in this space and and the behavior science capability can help us with that right so the behavior scientists in my team are helping me build better quality employee listening uh, instruments and they are also helping me uh, and the team and Novartis doing a better job of of customizing these as needs change and that's 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 one area the the second one is in the whole space of uh change management for for people analytics professionals this is still kind of disputed territory because there are always there's if you're working in the in the hr or pno function there's always a, a big change in od team right so for from my perspective, the opportunities and how you co-opt your OD leader or change leader to work in close cahoots with your team, uh, where uh, you could then start deploying some of these capabilities, you know, into uh, into pure change projects. Because fundamentally, a behavior scientist can help you move from can he- can help you nudge behavior from uh, from X to Y, right? And there's a scientific process to do that. So there's there's an opportunity to 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 explore further there. And the third one is in, is again connected to this, but I still would like to call it differently, which is which is the whole space space of nudging. In in my view, there is an over reliance on thinking about nudging as a technology, but fundamentally, nudging is uh, a, a, a behavior shift, right? Technology enables it. Have, having a, a you know a, an ox psychologist or a behavior scientist really think about what is the behavior change. And how then potentially a technology, a well-defined communique, or whatever it might be, can can or or an intervention, you know, uh, can help nudge that behavior in the right direction is is something that uh, that's 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 an area with, where I think we all can do more within Novartis specifically uh, on the on the constructs piece. The first piece we have done a lot of work, and we are constantly improving and evolving. Uh, the employee listening instruments that we have. And our behavior science team uh, really helps us with that. On the change piece, we we piloted during this transformation that I talked about, embedding the behavior scientist on a, on a trial basis to, to enable movement of a change in a specific business, right? They had decided they want a new operating model post the transformation. And uh, we got a behavior scientist embedded who... Basically, was there to help articulate what steps could be taken to actually facilitate that behavior change, right? And I'll, I'll be honest with very with very limited success, because there was this whole massive dynamic going on when when when, when you know a transformation is on. So our learning from that was uh, it's better to uh, to embed behavior science capability in peacetimes, pardon the euphemism there, but it's it's still a nascent capability. It, it needs to be to be deployed in, in peace times on on programs where there is more openness for exploration uh so i i would very very transparently say our, our our the value we got out of that engagement was limited on the nudging front i think we have one good example uh, of where it's added value our talent management organization launched a, a talent matching platform last year and the behavior science capability from our team got deployed there to help increase the adoption of that platform, both in terms of completion of profiles and then, you know, uh, quality of matches. And I think those those are some of the wins which uh, we are very proud of. We are also exploring at this point in time how uh, some of these nudging concepts can help behavior scientists support leadership development, right? Because again, leadership development is fundamentally behavior change, right? So we are working closely with our leadership development organization to see where could there be value Again, as I said, go after you know uh, willing parties. Go to a place that's relatively stable, and then deploy a, a high-quality behavior science experiment, and see if we can help move the behavior from from A to B. So that's that's what we are exploring at this point in time.
0: No, it's really interesting, and you're right. It's a you know it's a nascent capability in in that some people analytics organizations are are looking to develop, and you know, but ultimately, I guess. know what are we there to do in people analytics we're we're there to provide insights that inform better decision making that's better decision making by leaders and and managed but it's also by employees as well to support their development and actually you know what nudging i think can do and certainly i think you've just talked to this Ashish, she's it can it can actually get these insights and translate them to start translating to outcomes outcomes for the organisation but also outcomes for for employees and and people managers themselves as well and actually understanding the whole psychology around change and and behaviour is 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 so important to that otherwise you know I guess we could come up as people analytics professionals we can come up with some amazing insights even if even if the organisation decides to implement them but if the individuals themselves don't then you know we're we're not wasting our time per se, but but it's certainly it's lessening the impact that we're having. Absolutely, they're really interesting, and 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 really based on everything we've talked about so far, we've got a couple of questions left, and we're probably more now talking, I guess, to the maturity phase that you talked about, the third phase, which you're sort of in the midst of at the moment from from a people analytics perspective, and again. When I ask you to look and envision into the into the future, even if it's the near future, I appreciate that it's just thoughts and ideas at the moment, and 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 it may change, of course, depending on both internal and external events. Uh, uh, but ha- but how do you envision uh, envision envision the people analytics team structure and focus evolving as as Novartis continues its its journey? So I think for 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 us. Uh
1: probably a better way to to address this is to talk about the key levers that I see and, and what impact they would have you know i think we'll, we'll we'll figure it out as we as we go along I think one one key lever which we've already kind of put into play is the whole insight partner role and community of practice right so i see us operating more and more in the future as a as a hive rather than uh as as a you know a, a waterfall structure uh, and I think that's that's the way to go this is a, a a business where we learn from each other, where you know uh, there is value in translating what one has done into a different context, uh, and where capability rights supreme. You know, it's not just about where the capability sits; it, need, it can be deployed in a in a variety of ways. So that's that's one theme. The second one is around technology. So once we go live with Workday, I think we'll have a massive opportunity to democratize a lot of stuff that. Currently, uh, we have to brute force, right? And I think that that creates a massive opportunity for uh, the organization to get more value from us. Equally for the team, it's it's a massive opportunity to move up the value chain and let the operational activities be taken care of by, uh, you know, by technology. And and this this will I'm I'm sure it'll have and both of these will have impact on you know how we are organized and structured you know in the in the next years still early days for for us to really you know nail that one but these these are the two themes that I see making an impact on on where we go from here.
0: No, it makes sense. You know, the first one around the inside partners and the community of practice really shaping the work that you that you're doing you know, and, and obviously increasing the impact by being more closely connected to the business and then the technology element helping you to scale um, and and automate um, and, and and focus from there. That, that makes a lot of sense. And then the last question, ashish uh, this is a question we're asking everyone in this series and I think talks to maybe one of the enablers of of, of this as well. And I know it's something that you've been focused on at Navas as you mentioned, the, the learning element there. How can HR leaders and people analytics leaders for that matter how can they build a data driven and digitally literate culture in hr
1: my my personal take on this i think there is a plethora of information knowledge programs whatever you might want to call it you know uh, both behind curtains and you know openly available as well uh, so in in my early uh, days in this role, I used to think you know, uh, access and availability is is important. I think it's still important, but it's it's just so ubiquitous at this point in time. But again, from where I sit, I I still see a massive opportunity. So for for me, the real lever is how can we get people curious about the topic. If if we really deeply under, understand somebody's needs, I think we can we can you know uh, get them curious, right? So so really helping leaders, helping associates, helping every HR professional to think about how can people analytics add value to their day-to-day work or their decision-making. I think that's, that's it's a constant journey that every people analytics team member, it's not just the leaders needs to do uh, and we all need to do a better job of that. The second one for me is how can we demystify that this is not a very complicated thing? A lot of folks just sit on the back foot because they think, oh, you know what, this is not for me. I try to go out of my way in multiple conversations to say, hey, we're talking about, even if we are building a a great AI model, right? At at its core is fundamental first principles thinking. It says, what do you think the problem is? What's your hypothesis about that problem? Where can you go and collect the data for that problem? forget about the analysis the analysis will be done by some experts there are enough of us out there and there is beautiful technology that in you know in in a few years is going to enable that to be happening very very fast if the output is supportive of your initial hypothesis great if not then let's be very objective and say the hypothesis was was wrong the problem still stays right what's the next hypothesis that you can think of and go through the cycle again and again we do it in our day-to-day lives. We do it in our in our professional lives in a variety of different ways. All we are asking as people analytics folks and as analytics folks is to is to just apply it a bit more rigorously. That's something that I try to do uh, in every engagement, every partnership that I'm trying to uh, to to get into.
0: It works in some cases; it's challenging in others. But again, hey, it's part of our job. Two really good points there, I think, and you know, I think you know by having the. People insights partners and that community of practice, you'll be generating more curiosity, I guess, and, and a greater level of understanding um, from, you know, PO professionals as to how PNO sorry, how people can support them in their day to day work and maybe actually help them be more impactful. And as you said, the second one, it's so important to demystify, isn't it? Because we read so much about how everyone who works in HR is going to be have to become a data scientist when obviously that's not the case you know if you have specific skills to become and be a very good data scientist we're not asking that we're just asking you know as you said good problem definition ability to um, you know create hypotheses that we can test and then probably support in thinking about the data sources that we might want to bring together to test those hypotheses and then the ability to look at the what's the insight from from the day what's the recommendation how can i present this in a language that will resonate with my audience whoever that is in the in the business or in pno that i'm working with so uh so yeah and, and and obviously as people analytics professionals we've got a vested interest in in helping our colleagues in in hr and pno to to increase their curiosity and, and and increase their aptitude around some of these skills as well so Ashish fantastic always good to talk to you you know obviously you've had the you know the privilege of of seeing how you've built the people data analytics function at Novartis over the last four and a half years and, and certainly the such a firm bedrock I think for for you to to be even more successful um in coming years as well can you let listeners know how they can stay in touch with you follow you on social media if you do social media and find out and and connect with you as to your to your invitation around um you know learning more about each other's work sure so first of all david thanks thanks for 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 the invite and again it was a fantastic conversation
1: and uh we, we haven't done this journey alone you know we've we've learned from uh from insight 222 two. we've learned from a lot of the colleagues in the in the people analytics practice so uh you know we as as i always say we we stand on the shoulders of, of a lot of others uh I'm available on LinkedIn, and I'm I'm sure you'll you'll probably leave a uh, leave a connect uh, leave a link there, uh, you know, with with this podcast as well. Otherwise, you know, I'm I'm very open to to receiving email. My email is Ashish A S H I S H dot P A N T at novartis n o v a r t i s dot c o m, and I'm looking forward to connecting with 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 the community in in the days to come.
0: That's brilliant, Ashish. Thanks for sharing you know, some of the journey of of people analytics at Novartis and particularly as it relates to the the business transformation. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. And thank you to Ashish for sharing his story. If you did enjoy this episode, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating on your preferred podcast streaming channel so that we can keep producing the show. For more from us at Insight 222, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter by going to myhrfuture.com. Thanks once again for being part of the Digital HR Leaders podcast community. Until next time, take care and let's continue exploring, learning and transforming HR together.